The Euroallegiance podcast is brought to you in part by the generosity of our wonderful Patreon supporters. Visit patreon.com forward slash the Euroallegiance podcast for bonus episodes, behind the scenes content, merchandise and more. Now, let's get to this week's show. So welcome to episode 21 of the Euroallegiance podcast. Sadly, we're back on the internet. We're not looking across the table at each other. Very sad about that. But life goes on. This is how it has to be when you don't live in the same place. But uh, we had a fun time last week together. Uh, this week, joining me as usual, Malcolm Kennedy. How are you, Mal? Since I last saw you, I will say... Yes, yes, I'm all good. I'm all good. The uh, I, as you know, I had last week off work, so that was nice. Uh, so seemed you, to fly a bit too quickly, but you got half the things done that you wanted to do, I guess. And pretty much, yes, yeah, custom painting and a quarter yeah, of the yeah. of the shelves sorted, but yeah, better than none. Shelves, but yeah, but yeah, something's better than nothing. Very good. And Richard Jones, as usual, as well. How are you, Rich? Hey, I'm not too bad, thank you. Very good. Yes, I think I think my hangover's finally gone. Oh, yeah, we had a we had a little was... night out last week after our podcasting. Probably why the episode was a little bit shorter. Probably a bit too excited yeah. about going. Yeah. Out. <laughs> the, the beer and the beer and curry cravings were strong. Yes. <laughs> well, after my long drive the day before, I was a bit the lightweight, which was kind of. Uh, I think I did okay at Legion's Con in terms of lasting the pace, but. Yes. Uh, yeah, nine hours driving and then a night out in Birmingham seemed to, uh, that seemed yeah, to be my kryptonite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to take a little break halfway through and have a Coca-Cola and uh, and uh, slow down the pace a bit, let you boys continue. You got a bit of a, you got a bit of a second wind until we hit the comfy uh, chair. Oh yeah, you? yeah. And then I got, <laughs> and then I got totally done up like a kipper <laughs> by Mr. Jones. <laughs> That, that was a sign how much I've been enjoying myself and how drunk I was that I took a photograph of you asleep and then posted it on our Facebook page. True, true. <laughs> Sober me wouldn't have been that mean, but drunk me is like, here, here, here we go. There may have been a video as well, but I swiftly deleted that one. How did I put the video up? I couldn't remember if I had yeah. on. Well, I don't even remember the video. Uh, I hope not many people saw it. I didn't even look at it. I just thought it was a video of me asleep. I was like, okay, delete. Yeah, it was just there. Which I think was fair. I, I manned up and took the picture, but you know, <laughs> the video at the step. <laughs> yeah, so I, I uh, left early the next morning. Um, thankfully, we got home reasonably late, uh, reasonably early, for, for as night outs go. We weren't night clubbing, you know. We we're we're old after all. We got the one of the last trains back. I guess Mal was it. Uh, yeah, I think there were like two or three more, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, it wasn't, we'd have been pushing crazy. We're, we're yeah. getting older and apparently Birmingham's a city of lightweights because the pubs start closing at half 10. So yeah, that was, about, yeah, that last pub, that was yeah. maybe a savior though. <laughs> In the end, <laughs> we were just it's, too lazy to go to another one then. 
that's it. It's the day out. It's the day we were going. If you'd gone on a third, if it was Thursday or Friday, yeah, they Tuesday tend to be night in busy. any place yeah. is normally normally not the, not the most the most hectic. Yeah. 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 So then I, t- I toddled off at around eight the next morning, off up to Hollyhead. Took it fairly yeah. handy on the motorway. Um, and uh, but beautiful North Wales, Richard. I mean, you you, sell, you sold it short. Even Hollyhead was beautiful. No, Hollyhead really isn't a shit hole. <laughs> <laughs> but, but North Wales itself is, is a yeah, glorious place. The, the motorway now I drove there, there was some cool tunnels and uh, it uh, was really scenic. I had to kind of, yeah. sometimes I had to kind of remind myself to keep behind the road, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the tunnels particularly are awesome because um, yeah. I know the first few times we went up when my daughter was old enough to know what was going on, but not too old to not give her monkeys. Which is like, oh, tunnel, oh, another tunnel, yeah. oh, another tunnel. Because for those that don't know, there's just tunnel after tunnel after tunnel through mountains. To, yeah, uh, to get to amazing. Like a lot of work went on there. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I was expecting, you know, once I got kind of past, uh, I suppose once I got within an hour or so of the ferry, that I'd be just on these A roads or these kind of single single lane two way roads, um, you know, really windy slow roads. But it was pretty much all motorway until I got to Hollyhead. So that was. Uh, that was yeah, nice. Dual, dual carriageway's been there for about twenty years or so now, I think. So wow. yeah. Yes. When I was a child it was single, you know, yeah, awesome trap the same, uh, to get anywhere. <laughs> yeah, it's the same here where I, where my mum lives in, where I grew up in Ireland. You know, it was uh, if you drove from Dublin to here you would have uh, would have taken three hours. You'd maybe get twenty kilometers or outside of Dublin on the motorway and then into these roads and you're going through every village. And on Friday evening, if you were coming back at massive traffic queues outside every village <laughs> and it would yeah. take three hours. And now it's like one hour 50 on the motorway, taking it easy, you know. So uh, that's definitely a cool yeah, upgrade. That, that sounds very familiar. Yeah. So obviously they used all the money from the boom in the early 2000s to build up the roads like we did here as well. Yeah. <laughs> they were going to, um, I don't know if you noticed, but the the bridge or the, the bridge you'd gone over to Anglesey, there's two bridges. It goes from dual carriageway to single carriageway for the bridge. And then Does, up that's again right, to, yeah. yeah. That's a cool and that bridge. just causes a bottlenecks all the time. I can so imagine, yeah. Build, yeah, so they, they've got plans to build a second bridge alongside it, uh, make each bridge just go one way sort of thing, so double the capacity, but the money's just suddenly vanished, as everything does nowadays, so yeah. Yeah, what was that bridge called? It had a name, something, I don't know what it was called, but it had a cool name as well. Uh, no, we just see. Yeah, see, being a local, I just call yeah, it the new bridge. The new bridge. There's there a new bridge and an old bridge. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. It had some grandiose name anyway, named yeah, after Britannia some, Bridge. Is it? Yes, Britannia Bridge. That was it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That, and then it. the old ones, the Menai Suspension Bridge, officially. But again, I just call it the old bridge. Yeah. Then I got the ferry, and I was very glad that I had, because uh, for twenty quid extra, you could book the speedy exit off the ferry plus a room for. It was only three hour ferry crossing. But I had a cabin, so for 20 quid, the speedy exit was anyway 20 quid normally. And then you get off the boat first and you can, you know, get on to the motorway quickly. So that's what I fancied. And uh, you had the room so I could have a shower. I could uh, edit the podcast a little bit, although I was so tired, I edited about 20 minutes and (laughs) I had the bed for the rest of the time. (laughs) But uh, yeah, and then I got down here and uh, of course, this past Saturday night, uh, so recording on a Monday this week. Uh, yeah, I had a night out with my uh, with my friends from my childhood, and uh, oh, yeah, nice. so I'm I'm I, you might be recovering from last uh, when our last Tuesday's uh, 
Euroleagues night out in Birmingham. I'm recovering from another night out last Saturday. <laughs> but I was I was I'm a little sure. bit less of a lightweight in that one, I have to say, thankfully. <laughs> Good man. No, I'm prepping for my next one on Wednesday. We've got our uh, fantasy draft evening out. Me and the lady guys from work. So oh, that's yeah. very messy every I heard year. The foot- I mean, can you believe it? Football, uh, Premier League football starting again in what, two weeks? Couple of weeks, yeah, two and a half weeks. Yeah, the was it the it, charity shield is on two against time. Woof. What's that Man City against Man City? <laughs> it feels like it should be shouldn't <laughs> it? it may as well be. <laughs> but they won both, so will it? Which which oh, loser gets to play them? I should, is it you guys, Mal? I think it's Arsenal. Not that I've heard. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's heard, second in the league now. Yeah. No, yeah. it's no? Oh, was that? I thought it was FA Cup runners up normally. Oh, who was it? Was that Arsenal as well? No, no, that was United. I can, I can find this. Oh, okay, uh, anyway, your allegiance listeners probably, probably don't yeah. care about that. <laughs> uh, so let's let's get on with things. So, um, yeah, th- this uh, from a, from a, a pop culture nerd perspective, this weekend was uh, very uh, interesting. Uh, we had San Diego Comic Con, which the horsemen used to go to until they carved out their own uh, G-Con and uh, their own Legion's line and realized they didn't need to uh, throw money away going to San Diego, as much fun as it probably is. Probably fun just to go as a fan uh, for them this this uh, these days. But uh, yeah, so did you see anything in San Diego that's, uh, that, that was tickling your fancy and maybe dipping into the Legion's budget? There was a, a well in terms of the legions budget because I'll keep that separate for now. Oh, okay, um, no, I'm just talking about the overall toy budget, but like, <laughs> that, that might you know. Eventually... Well, let's start. Let's start off with the mythics adjacent. Sure. Then. So the diamond select had, um, uh, I think it was just a one figure from their upcoming range of House of the Dragon uh, figures. So they had Damon um, Targaryen, who's played by Matt Smith. Um, oh, so they're, the house, do- so the they're doing the House of the Dragon. Didn't yeah. McFarland did the Game of Thrones, didn't they? And they weren't very successful, I guess. I think it was actually Funko that did Game of Thrones initially, but then McFarland yeah. had, a, had a had a small line, maybe a couple of dragons and about six of the main characters. I think. Right. Okay. But yes, certainly the House of Dragons. I'm not sure about backdating it to Game of Thrones, but yeah, Diamond Selected doing that. So, cool. so those are seven inch figures. So they're normally a little bit bigger than Mythics, but you know, if you want a particular, they work tall well character. though. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. it's the parts seem to work very well, don't they? Uh, the seven inch figures, I mean, obviously, because mythics are a bit bigger, but uh, them and neck are the and uh, McFarlane all work quite well, parts wise. I think so, yeah. yeah, very good. And what else, then, Rich? Okay, so I'll whip through these because John's got me on a, a strict time limit, so no, it takes no, no, it's just, there. just you know, it's interesting, <laughs> but uh. <laughs> Um, so next up, um, I've got, uh, the dinosaurs TV program. Um, there'd been a solicitation, NECA. I think for these before, but these was the first time we've shown them in hand. That's a NECA thing. So you got, uh, I can't remember. Is it Earl? I think the dad was yes. called. Yeah. Uh, and baby. Um, and then I've watched an interview with this guy from NECA and they were saying, if these do well and they should do, then they'll, they've got the rest of the cast, the rest of the family lined up as well. So that'd be great. Cause I loved that program. When it was on many years ago, yeah, they looked great, didn't they? As well, the figures they did. really so really good. 
so realistic looking for what the you know for what the, the yeah. puppets and that sort of thing. Brilliant. It's what NECA do really well, though, isn't it? They their their photorealism is top notch. It is. Know. As long as the figure doesn't fall apart in your hands, it's that is the problem. Yeah, but they're <laughs> I think their best type of figure is the like the Ninja Turtles movie figures. And these fall, I think, into that type of category for me. Yeah, you're right, John. They do, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh then I have got Jada Toys. So a couple of things from Jada Toys. So they've uh, they showed the first three waves of their me- upcoming Mega Man line. Now I never ever played Mega Man the game. But for some reason, I have a strange fascination with the, the figures. I had all the Loyal Subjects ones when they did them a few years ago. Um, and then Jada Toys are doing a six-inch line now. So they showed the first three series. So those look amazing. the proportions are cool. Just the, I think they're just the proportions, the big head and the kind of big arms and big feet. Yeah, and they're just, they're just fun. There's like one of the characters in Wave 2 is Cutman, who's just got a pair of scissors at the top of his head and just looks angry the entire time. <laughs> That to go with the orange and white colour scheme. It's just a fun character. Um, and then Jada Toys also um, had a um, Street Fighter set out. Yeah, these so would tempt show- me now if I was uh, if I was really collecting a lot of stuff. Yeah, same here. I mean, I've got the Storm Collectible Street Fighters and I absolutely adore them. But you could buy most of the, the lineup from Jada for, this, for selling one of the, the Storm on sort of thing. So my... Um, Refreshing the collection and scalper nature's got me intrigued there. But yeah, they've already shown nine figures and they're already talking about they said by Comic Con next year they wanted to have all the bigger characters too. So Yeah, that's um, it's kind of the sort of stuff. It's kind of the what type of collector are you? You know, it's kinda of, are you this the Mezco who's really into the one kind of amazing or two amazing figures and kind of slowly getting them? Or are you the I want to fill a whole shelf now with Street Fighter and put a scene up, you know? Yeah. I'm probably the latter. Yeah, and I'd say me and Mal are more the former, but I'd say yeah, I'm in between. Yeah, in between. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so those are um, so those figures look great. They've got uh, Dalsim, my favourite Street Fighter character. Yeah, it's funny, weren't we talking about him? I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast. Now it's hard to know after we had a, an in person. Yeah, meeting. I think we did. But, uh, but that that he was the one never made uh, so far by Storm. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Storm haven't done him or Blanca. Two of the main, particularly Blanca. Like main yeah, Blanca. Are they doing Blanca now in this line? Not yet. Oh, uh, right. They will do Blanca in this. Jadra said they'll do Blanca in this one, but there's still no sign of it from Storm. That's a funny one. Must be a tooling yeah. thing or a price cost. Must be. It'd sell yeah, like hotcakes, surely. Yeah, they would. And then you do the the kind of blue lightning version as an as a repaint or whatever. I was just going to say, yeah, because Storm love their you know exclusives, and Big Bad Toy Store always has. Or regularly has exclusives of the storm, storm stuff. So yeah, that would make sense to do something like that. I was going to say someone did do the green and the blue one, didn't they? Whoever did them before Storm, they did a green one, the blue. Oh one. yeah, uh, Sota wasn't it? Sota Street Fighter. I'm not sure. Yeah, and SH Figuarts did a very small run of figures as well. They ended up three or four characters, but one of those was definitely a Blanca. Yeah, yeah. And then continuing the fighting theme. And it was Syndicate Toys or Syndicate something or other. And they have done um, Bloodsport figures. So you have Jean-Claude Van Damme and Bolo Young um, figures from that. Uh, Bloodsport is one of my all-time favourite films. It's cheesy as you like. Just ridiculously cheesy, but I love it. I can't remember who it is now. It might have been Necker, but someone else showed off a, a Van Damme from Bloodsport as well. 
Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I cannot remember who it is now, but yeah. it was a different display, definitely. Okay. Yeah, these syndic- syndicate collectible ones, they look really good, with the exception of Van Damme head sculpt, which looks nothing like Van Damme. That could have just been somebody off the street they pulled in. Maybe a licensing so, thing? I don't know. Possibly, yeah. Or a Van Damme. I follow Van Damme on Facebook, and he whores himself out for pretty much anything, so I'm surprised he hasn't agreed maybe, to... Uh, maybe it was just a cost thing. Maybe, yeah. So if I, if I do get them... Um, I'd have to get a three. This, yeah, this syndicate collectibles thing. are a new company, but I think the guy behind it is very well known in the industry, so he shouldn't be, ah, he shouldn't okay. be nervous. I think he's he's formerly working for a couple of big companies like NECA and the other ones, other ones. So I wouldn't be too worried about it being a flash in the pan type of operation. So right, okay. And then the next the next stuff is um, I love it and excuse the pun here, dread it stuff so it's higher toys one twelfth uh, judge dread line um Ooh. so they put one eighth i love judge dread and the characters i didn't didn't read that many of the comics when i was a kid but um I, i'm familiar with a lot of the characters and, and i love the sort of design and aesthetics and everything uh, so they've had a 118 line for 18 months or so now um and they've put at least a dozen figures out in that and now they started showing the basics for the 112 line um so there's judge dread judge death uh, and then they had a Judge Fear as well. Although they only showed the black and white version of that at Comic Con, but there'll obviously be a coloured version as well. Um, the only thing that slightly put me off is the price: the ninety dollars each, Ooh. Um, which is a big step up from the you know the one the one eighteen scale ones who are like twenty quid. Did you so ever did you ever get the Mezco ones? No, I didn't. I missed the Mezco ones okay. completely. I guess they're they must be similar standard to those then, in terms of yeah figure yeah but that's exciting so you know i may or may not may or may not get them but that's exciting um there was a figure by a company called thunder toys again who i've never heard of the company but it's called hell ranger um, okay and basically it's it's one of the um ghost rider characters um the one that was a cowboy that rode on a flaming horse with a flaming cowboy hat and all that sort of thing um, if it's not him, it's it's their attempt at copying him without getting sued. Okay. Uh, but the the figure the figure and the horse just look incredible. The horse has got light up things. You just plug the horse in, and all the the, the chest and everything glows. Um, I should probably be showing you boys this, shouldn't I? You probably can't see it on my phone. That's okay. Yeah, I did see that one. I, I like. That oh, one, I did see that I one. Actually, yeah. I actually kind of just want the cowboy without the Ghost Rider type skull because uh, it'd be really cool to get. A really good, really top quality six inch cowboy line because I do love the Wild West and all that. Yeah, and they see the you know the soft goods and the the weapon and everything seem to be be done really well with it. I'm kind of hoping one of the companies who does knockoffs does the one twelfth version of the Red Dead guys, Arthur and. Uh, oh yeah, yeah yeah, that'd be good. I've gone blank, John. Nope. Don't That's know terrible, disgraceful. I've gone blank on it. <laughs> <laughs> I love those games as well. Yeah. <laughs> never played the game, so I can't help you with that one. I know of it, but I've, I've never played, played it. played it a little bit, but not enough to know the names. There you yeah. go, John Marston. It came to John me. <laughs> there you go. Um, and then they, ha- they had a figure in hand, um, Mezco, and I, you, you guys know I've, I've avoided the Mezco thing up to this point. I got Solomon Kane on order, and that's pre-order rather and that's it um but i am rich say again 
He looked good as well. With the, he did. Uh, he looked really good. He was there. Yeah, yeah. But they also had their Dick Tracy figures up. And I don't know what it is with Dick Tracy, but I just am drawn to Dick Tracy stuff. They looked fantastic. I had a load of the vintage figures uh, uh, down the road from where my parents live. Has been for years. Well, it started out as Carry Four, which or Car Four, which I believe was a French supermarket. French supermarket, yeah. Uh, then it became Gateway, and now it's Asda, and now owned by owned by Walmart. Just for our American uh, listeners, there. Um, but when it was Gateway, they used to sell uh, the Dick Tracy toys. They were sort of the uh, uh, the He Man sized ones, um, oh, and they were not being sold. I had a bunch of them, um, so I'm I'm like you. I'm sort of slightly attracted to the Dick Tracy figures, and I, I was very very tempted when they went up for pre order. Still am. <laughs> yeah, and the soft goods look really good as well. I mean, sometimes they did. we they talked did. about the Indiana Jones, didn't we? And those trousers, the soft Mezco trousers. Yeah, they were in great looking. Yeah, a little bit baggy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we got Prune Face, Flat Top, and Dick Tracy, and they all look brilliant. Yeah, the so yellow the yellow easy. jacket looks good. That's yeah. always I was yeah. judging by really the jacket. Did. Yeah, so there's a very, very good chance I'll end up getting those. Um, having said I was going to make this quick, I'm not making this quick at all. Um, <laughs> it's, all McFarlane, it's all content. Yeah. McFarlane showed off um, a wave of Batman the Animated Series figures. Um, so they got Batman, Batman Robin. Don't stand up figures. Yeah, possibly. Um, so you've got Batman, Robin, Scarecrow, and Mr. Freeze. Um, and then there's a Build a figure um, who is Condiment King. <laughs> so the guy that goes around with mustard and ketchup weapons. <laughs> That's quite cool. That's pretty funny. Yeah, that, that makes it worthwhile for me. Yeah. So even though it's only five figures and McFarlane are notorious, aren't they now, for doing yeah, they... the four-figure plus the bath wave and then never going anywhere near the, the property again. Yeah, because but it those... uh, doesn't sell. Yeah. But Mr. Freeze is one of my favourite Batman villains anyway. That Scarecrow looks yes. incredible. And the Condiment King, so I'm gonna have to get those. Yeah, DC Direct had just, a huge uh, Batman the Animated Series line. Hundred, they did. I had plus figures. Yeah. I, I had every one. Um, okay, and then sold them to pay for Mythic stuff. And I don't they regret did, selling sell, them. Well, it was they the sold only... well because I bought a bunch of them at some stage, and I sold them on because I realised wasn't going to go that direction. And uh, even loose, they sold quite well. Yeah, mine were all boxed. It was the only line I ever collected that I said, oh, right, I'm going to keep in the box. Wow. Because I'd heard about them falling over and not... Yeah, it's just you know, the, the, it's the animation. The, the feet are yeah. small. Yeah. And if you want to be faithful um, to the animation, you have tiny feet and all these big... with big shoulders. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the figures themselves in the boxes look brilliant. And I, I'd sort of put off getting them for years. It was like, no, I can't justify another line with 40-plus figures probably. For twenty quid ahead, and then um, B&M Bargains, one of the discount stores in the UK, got them in from a wholesale or somewhere and started selling them for seven quid each. Um, so I dived, dived headlong in and got about fifteen that way, and then yeah, I was then hooked. Then you were in, yeah, yeah. But then the price just absolutely went through the roof, um, so I sold them to pay for mythics. It's a good, um, and then that was a good project. Oh yeah, it was fun while it lasted. Uh, and then lastly was the G.I. Joe um, classified stuff. Um, they showed uh, a few new renders. They did a few name drops. But most importantly for me, they showed a render for my favorite G.I. Joe of all time, who is Shockwave. Um, and I was giddy with excitement when I saw this. Cool. It's, uh, I mean, it's 
it's a pretty good representation of Shockwave, but it is just Shockwave at the end of the day. And I, you know, you never know with Hasbro, they might suddenly curtail a line or something. But I've now get, I'm going to get my Shockwave, so I'm very happy with that. And Mal's very happy, I think, because they had two. Um... Yes, they, these are two. There was literally like three things that uh, took my eye. Well, four, five, six, strictly, but I'll explain that. Yeah, and that was the two dreadnoughts from the GRJ classified line. I heard they also announced, but just verbally announced, that they're going to do Torch as well. Ooh. Yes, one of the name ones, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I never had him as a kid, but I'll definitely pick them up. And then the other thing, as I say, the four, five, no, three, four, five, and six, <laughs> is uh, those Mezco Turtles. I've been <laughs> fighting the urge with them because they're so expensive. 400, but, isn't it? for? Yeah, for the lot. But with Emporium of Cool, I could pay in installments and they just look so good. Really, really good. And then they dropped so, that teaser for Casey Jones as well, didn't they? Oh, yeah, yeah, which is then added to my... Uh, yeah. And this is we had a quick conversation yesterday whenever, didn't we, where... You were a bit like, uh, they probably won't do enough for it to make it worthwhile for you, whereas this is one of the ones where I'm, I'm quite happy with just a few figures here. I'd probably want Splinter if they did Splinter, but then I might be fine with just those, you know? <laughs> I'd like to see their Shredder. I bet it better be really good. Yeah, I think it would be an excellent Shredder. There's a little part of me based on what they showed of the Dick Tracy figures tempted to take a gamble on Indiana Jones as well. Cause the thing that put me off ordering the Dick Tracy figures was their suits looked a bit badly fitting as well in the promo stuff. Um, but they didn't look, they looked really good. didn't they They looked really like, good at comic con, didn't they? Yeah. 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 Really well tailored and everything. So I'm very tempted to just take a gamble on the Indiana Jones. I only need Indy, as I say in that, classic yeah. look That's, i think you know. i think it's with most mezgo stuff you can get your money back on the secondary market if you don't like it when it comes in yeah you know so oh, it's just a question just, of whether you have it to put up now or not you know something that's caught my eye today that's completely not san diego related but oh my goodness it looks good and anyone who says otherwise is just anti-hot toys hot toys <laughs> have announced a new uh joker Heath ledger joker and Ooh. they're doing two versions yeah yeah it, i mean it looks like the best head sculpt yet it looks like Heath ledger which i'd say none of the others have really this one does um but they're doing two versions they're doing uh, one with rooted hair as well and so two head sculpts or, or two versions no 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 two versions uh, you either buy the head rooted hair or the the non or the sculpted hair which i'm guessing is sort of inspired by, by the in-art Joker that was released recently, which, fair enough, good way to do it. I suspect rooted hair will be more expensive uh, by a considerable amount. And can so you again, easily then, enough get a Batman to go with him? I don't necessarily need him. Um, okay. I've got a few hot toys. I'm considering getting rid of most of them, but the Jokers and the Harleys are the ones I'm fighting the uh, with and... Uh, because I love Joker and Harlequin. Um, okay, then then this might be more for you Batman. just as a one-off purchase. Yeah, and it was that film that got me back into Batman as well. And that that Joker, that Heath Ledger Joker is incredible. That is a definitely a good film. And um, 
Yeah, because uh, Christopher Nolan is great. I mean, I can't wait to go and see the Oppenheimer in the cinema soon. Probably go when I get back. When I get back home, I'll probably go. I did the Barbie bit of Barbie ha- Barbieheimer or whatever they call it. Did you go on and see Barbie? Uh, I did. I saw Is Barbie. It was really, I really, really enjoyed it. Cool. Really, really fun and entertaining and a really good message that probably aimed at uh, women and girls and yeah. you know, a good message for them. But okay. also, if you if you listen, it's for everyone. You know, if you really a fun, listen to what they fun say. Fun film to watch or? Very fun. Very, okay. very fun. Really And I heard funny. she's great uh, in it. Ah, yeah. She's good in everything, though, isn't yeah. she? Margot Robbie's fantastic. And then I suppose to to, to wrap up the San Diego chat, uh, Mal Origins, He-Man, have you... What's the load Oh, there? yeah, of course. I'd forgotten about it. Oh, of course, yes, they... Uh, they announced that was they, a few days ago. So. Yeah, yeah. They well, they did show off a few more Origins figures, didn't they? But yeah. Um, um, yeah, they're sort of suggesting that the Origins line, based on the vintage figures, might be going uh, Mattel Creations only, which fills oh. me with a bit of trepidation. That does, but um, it does make them then more rare and maybe good ones to collect. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, but I just want to. Yeah, but it is. I'm not, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Um, yeah. At this stage with Origins, you like to be able to get them easily enough it, online the, or something from a local retailer. What they're being—that's exactly. But what they're being replaced with is very cool. Um, they're being replaced with a cartoon line yeah. that are very much like Origins, slight different sculpt. Yeah, the they, they, like they redesigned the the. The torso and the shoulders and stuff, That's didn't it. they? Yeah, Which it, I yeah, think yeah. is a good differentiator. So it's yeah, not it just taking a head and a, and a different belt on He Man. It's actually resculpting them. So, yeah. So um, are they are they origin size then? But just done in a formation yes. style. Yeah, yes. it's just the shoulder, that, okay. shoulders are kind of more. It's more a bit narrow. Yeah, narrower yeah. and kind of flows off the torso, whereas the. Yeah, the origins uh, shoulders oh, they had they kind of big stuff. bulge on the shoulder. Yeah, so it's yeah. just a more okay. sleek. It's still a muscly dude, th- but it's uh, yes, it's a yes. more sleek version. And the packaging then is uh, different as well. It's got the kind of filmation art kind of burst That's on it. it. Um, uh, I actually um, think the Skeletor they showed off is probably the best Skeletor I've ever seen for Masters for that. I think the filmation uh, Skeletor is a great figure, even in classics. Really, yeah. yeah, I think it is a it's oh, just a cool yeah. design, yeah, 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 cool. And then I, I liked the Masterverse. Um, there was this new Eternia Trapjaw, which uh was kind of in the filmation colors, but a kind of a bulkier kind of it was kind of a mix between the two Trapjaws. I thought that was very good, and um, they had a couple of other Masterverse figures, Tila. Man at Arms in the in this new attorney as well. He's a bit kind of bigger, and he had the he has a non stash head sculpt as well. I thought this uh, snout spout looked really cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, so um, plenty there for for Masters fans as well. Yeah, definitely still going strong. Exactly, exactly. And anything else we're talking about? Any any cosmic? Uh, 3D stuff we saw this week. I think there was some good ones, no? 
Uh, Ryan Mark C. Calvo. Mark Calvo oh, did one. Did a did a cool. He did a mythic sculpt, didn't he? And he, he did, but he, he also did all these uh, kind of marines, cosmic, cosmic for, marines. Yeah, yeah, up for order. Yeah. Which have you, have you been in touch with him on that? I have. I have. <laughs> Also, uh, going to pick up a few of a couple of the uh, Euro. I forget the name of the character. Oh yeah, yeah. The Euro. Your leg. Your leg. I think it's called. Your leg. Yeah, yeah. Get yeah. a couple of them. Cool. Good man, Mark. He was listening to us on the beach on holidays, so that was uh, that was cool. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he's not too hot there down in Spain because I know that it's been oh, quite yeah. warm in Southern Europe. A bit too warm in parts, unfortunately. It's- being crazy yeah a couple of my friends live in italy oh um and they they've both been saying how hot you know it's 46 degrees centigrade and there, you can't just, work like no. you just have to it's just survival at that time yeah you know now one of my friends um well he grew up in the uk he was born in italy and his a lot of his family still live there um and he was saying if it carries on like that the italians are just gonna have to change their way of life and their lifestyles yeah you know they can't carry on in that sort of temperature doing stuff the way they do it now yeah, or there'll have to be kind of a demographic shift away from certain parts, which would be very sad. Mm. Um, yeah, so you mentioned Brian Say, didn't you, yeah. John? Um, he did that really cool head with a sort of breathing tube yeah. going and, out the side. And super paints as well, and a very good way to sell yeah. your sell your stuff, uh, Brian, is to, is to paint it up really awesome and inspire people with that as well. Yeah, and then the um, there was also uh, Jason Rodriguez, uh, he did, did a, a set, yeah. Was it nine, eight or nine head set? Yeah. Um, which the people that you know sell his sculpts are now. I think they're all printing them and putting them out, sort of thing. But there were some really good ones of that. There was like a skeleton cyborg type head. Yeah. Uh, which I love. Obviously, I mentioned the skeletons in space things, so, and I got a cyborg uh, slash mecha affiliation, so you know, it could be either one of those. Um, it had a really good angry Svexian style head. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Yeah, and did you see Noble Bear? Um, I think it was one of those sculpts. They they had a video on their Instagram this morning, where uh, they'd used a certain kind of more flexible resin, and they were showing it. And they even threw it on the ground and uh, like twice in the video and picked it up and not a scratch. Yeah, that was nothing. Yeah, that was Anthony from Noble Bear. Yeah, it was that head. It was a Svexian head because he was showing the um yeah the antennas and they just the whole thing just. You know, yeah, stayed intact. But that's cool. That, that kind yeah. of stuff is getting more possible as the as the whole uh, industry grows in that area. You get a bit better quality, or I mean, the stuff, the normal stuff is good quality, but obviously, if it falls off your shelf, you're a gunner. You know, whereas most plastic figures that fall off your shelf, you're all right, unless you're extremely unlucky. But uh, it's nice if resin is moving a little bit more in that direction. It's not never going to be exactly the same, but yeah, I had a I had a fall this this afternoon. I opened uh, my cabinet because uh, Father Christmas had fallen forward and uh, he fell off the shelf, knocked off uh, my hemiked dwarf. The helmet oh, floor. No. I was like, oh no! Fortunately, it all looked all right. So, wow, that was the, yeah. that was a lucky yeah. lucky escape. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Although I do have a bone to pick with Anthony from Noble Bear because he also put a picture up of um, a sentry with a AWOC head on. It, it um, did look good, though. The, that was the worst thing. It looked quite good. <laughs> Despite me bad-mouthing AWOC left, right, and centre, it actually <laughs> did look really good. 
That's think, what made me angry. I think at Legion's Con, we're going to have to resolve this AWOC thing one way or another. <laughs> you're going to have to become friends again, or you're going to have to Hello, just agree, disagree. You know? <laughs> because uh, there's a lot of good people in the community that are uh, part of the AWOC community as well. And I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's obviously, we don't want to uh, pitch ourselves against them as necessarily. Yeah. Um, Anthony also showed off. Um, he's working. He, I mean, he showed him off uh, last week, a couple of weeks ago, but he, it looks like his one's very near completion. The chest emblems, didn't he? Replaceable chest emblems. That looked very cool. Yeah, they're awesome. They're awesome. Yeah, so I think that's the week in uh, in what stuff we saw. Uh, and it's, oh, that's a very... John, sorry, there is one. Yeah. There is, oh, yeah, sorry, there is yeah. one other thing. There's always room uh, for more, Rich. Corey Schwarzenhofer. Yes, got that right this that's right. Showed off um, a couple of basically replacement hands that are actually weapons for Cosmic. Yeah. Which looked really good. That's and, a really um, cool uh, concept. A belt, yeah, and like a belt piece, which admits to me, I think, guts coming out of a figure. Yeah. They've been shot, so that looked really good as well. Yeah, yeah all the uh, stuff he showed really off inventive. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Really creative, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Cool. So... Uh, I didn't mention at the start, which I think is a mistake now that people have had to listen through all that and wondering, are we going to be your allegiance? We're going to talk a little bit of Cosmic Legions lore. I would say not the full amount, but... No, no. Uh, we'll have a little amble through. A little you? amble through. We'll, we'll go helicopter view first. So uh, after yeah. the short break, uh, Malcolm is going to uh, take you through the story of Cosmerium. And we're back. And we're <laughs> Just, back. Uh, so, so, story of Cosmerium, Mal. Yeah. Let, I scoured far and wide across all the Source Horsemen and uh, any other source of Cosmic uh, Legion's lore. And uh, this is what we've come up with. Well, you've so. you've travelled to Cosmerium, no? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, that's. Uh, <laughs> I'm still working on the rocket. That's the that next goes thing. without saying. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Cosmerium. The birthplace of planets, stars, and even life itself. Created by cosmic gods of old, the Orion authors and their Cronin offspring, it is a system divided into five rings centered around a fiery sun named Zol, the first star. Each circle of this system performs a specific role. So there you go, we've got the setting. So there's, that's Cosmerium itself. That's, like that's it. our universe. And then we get the five rings. Yeah, so the first ring, Thropos, say with a puzzled look, the innermost circle and home of Aurus, the first planet and home to the Orion author gods. So this one Stratos. is. Uh, oh, sorry. So, yeah. so this one is kind of the. Yeah, this is the original, I guess, the birthplace of, of it. it. Sounds like it, doesn't yeah. it? It sounds yeah. like that's where our. Uh, Super beings, if you want to put them that way, might yeah. be. Might if we be related out. a bit to legions, this is where Selene yes. and uh, Helios were kind of hanging out. Yeah, okay, yeah, gotcha. exactly. Yeah, Zratos. I said that weirdly. The second circle and heart of military power in the Ferox kingdom. Uh, as the last of the original Cronan races, the Ferox enforced the will of Aurus. So there you go. That sounds like a militaristic zone. Yeah, Perhaps and this is the first the mention of this Ferox, but I think they they become yeah. quite important. Yes, yes. Uh, and then we've got Messos, 
third circle is the most populated of the rings and the big, biggest, busiest hub of civilian activity in the system. I'm guessing we get a lot of stories coming out of Memo. Yes. Mem, Mem, Mesos. A, a lot of characters, yeah. Yeah. And then we've got Thuramos, uh, the fourth and fastest growing of the circles, rapidly expanding access to tech created in Thuramos has been, has been providing unprecedented independence and power to the citizens of Cosmerium. So, again, I think we're going to get a lot of action going on there. A yeah, lot of our stories will definitely. be there. That's where the technology is happening. So, Yeah. And Exos, the fifth ring, is the largest, furthest, and least chartered ring of Cosmerium. The dense and mysterious nature of this sector has aided in forging it into a haven for outcasts, scavengers, and criminals looking to escape the reach of Ferox's power. So, okay, so that's... That Sounds gives us a bit more context on the Ferox. So for me, then, that sounds like the Ferox is kind of a bit like the Empire in Star Wars, maybe, would you say? It, it, yeah, it feels like that, although I get that vibe off, and we'll talk about that a bit later, sure. but Tusk as well. Yeah. Um, although maybe they're more of a, a trade, yeah, like a trade, I suppose, trade federation, trade empire, whatever you So yes, yeah. I suppose that'd be a more think- of a link there. I think the Ferox to me, in my head, sound a bit more like um, the Shadows and the Vorlons in Babylon Five. Okay, who were, yeah. who were original races? Like you know, they were the original Splinter races from the original Immortal God type things in that universe, sort of thing. Uh, okay, and they yeah. were they were trying to you know direct the uh, the path of all the younger races and that sort of thing. So I got that sort of image about the Ferox in my head. Yeah, right. I, I think that also makes sense. Right, and then we get to uh, a paragraph that uh, opens up a lot of intrigue and uh, suggests where the story and the direction of things might go. The Orion vision of a harmonious and united system remains seemingly intact under Ferox's rule. The five rings have known peace and prosperity for ages, but things are not always as they seem. Harmony is fragile, and even the smallest of fissures can transform into a malignant, crumbling chasm. When the chasm opens up, what will be revealed? It could very well be the end of a utopian dream, but it could also be the first glimpse into a bright cosmerium. Wow! So, so it's really setting the scene at, at at a point where, you know, we're 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 at a point in the whole thing where we don't know what's actually going to happen in this place. It's like a tipping point of cosmerium. So definitely, it's kind of point in time. Yeah, and these things have kind of, you know, developed. You've obviously talked about these five rings, but nothing has really, there's been no kind of big event that has kind of caused it to go in one or another direction. But I guess that that's where we're going towards, no? Well, the hints, and we may or may not get to it today, uh, is it feels like... Thygar is going to be part of this, doesn't it? And uh, whatever's going on with him, he, he there's very much he's a key character in the in the story. Um, so how is that going to come about? Okay, yeah. so I've sort of taken it ring ring by ring. This is going to turn into a comedy <laughs> gold episode again, isn't it? Um, wrong with a nice ring, yeah. <laughs> as long as we keep the beaver basher away from it, all we'll be okay. Um, <laughs> 
It's the perfect place for the beaver bashing. So, uh, like ring one. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so, ring one is where the the Orion author gods are, and I'm wondering if, if we'll ever see those. It's a bit like Selene and Helios in Mythics, isn't it? It's like everyone's like, are we ever going to see them? Are we ever going to see these, or is it just going to be... I hope we see them sooner than Helios and Selene, please. Oh, really? I can see them being like the epic conclusion of the story, which we never want, so... (laughs) No, they don't. It's like the four horsemen of, you know, of Mythic Legions. It doesn't need to end after them, you know? And this could be... I don't know. I just want some gods on my shelves. Give me a break here. Yeah. So the 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 Ferox. Um, I personally would like to see one of these sooner rather than later. Um, I think because they're such an important part of the story. I don't think we will necessarily see them sooner rather than later, but they're such an important part of the story. I think you know just one of them as a background character or involved in the wave would be a really good way to do it. I don't know. I think we potentially could because they're described as sort of being like. They're almost like the military, aren't they? And the peacekeepers and, uh, you know. So we might see one of them some point. That would be great. And then the, the next question in my head is what would they look like? And not like a, an in-depth thing, but just in a... I got two options. Either they're going to be like little aliens, all scientific-minded and that sort of thing, and then it's the mechanical side of the, the military sort of thing. Or they're well, going to be big, hulking brutes. And that's how they enforce the military. Thing. Well, they are Cronin. So have we seen a hint at what they look like in the Cronin skull? That's or is that true, a yeah. different... It sounds like the Cronin are variations of a race, doesn't it, maybe? Um, maybe casts, classes of a, a particular race. Uh, so the Ferox are one of those. Uh, classes, castes, whatever you would call it. Um, Mal, I didn't put two and two together there. That, you're quite right, yeah. Mm-hmm. That could well be. That's what this is for, Rich, is to talk through it. You know, we, Nobody <laughs> expects us to come here with the answers. We, we're coming here with <laughs> the the data, what's out there, and then we, we wildly speculate between the lines. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> we proved with the mythic one, didn't we? They can wildly speculate and not get half of it right. People so. enjoy that. Little, well, so <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they'll enjoy this. <laughs> Um, I also would like to see more of the Cronin races. So they talk about the Ferox yes. being the last ones. But for me, it's like, well, they're the last one that's maybe intact as an entire civilization. But hopefully no, I, there'd be a handful of a few other ones that are still dotted around. Or there. undead, maybe. Well, can I share my my thought on this? That I've, yeah. I, I, I almost don't want to in case I'm right, because uh, it's it'll be, yeah. But I'm wondering if Olek... And his race is actually going to turn out to be Cronin. Because if you think about his head shape, yeah, and yeah, then and then the the sort of hints at him being, you know, key pivotal to whatever's going on. So he could be uh, first of the good Cro- uh, fire ox or whatever, you know. Maybe well, another, another. Well, he's not a Ferox, He's something else. But it could that could be one of the Cronin. Gotcha. Whatever you know, it doesn't really indicate where what the Ferox are. It just says the last of the original Cronin races. So yeah. is it cast? Is it? I don't know what. But yeah. Um, and also, so Valkatars 
in Ring 5, isn't it? So that's far enough out that the Ferox might not necessarily travel that far out themselves. Or is he there because they don't want him around? Maybe. Mm-hmm. We I don't know course, why he's there. good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm really hoping, and if, if I mean, Eric, I'm sure Eric probably isn't listening, but if you are listening, Eric, please do a few more of the, the, uh, the Cronin races. That'll yes, add something I agree with that one. I agree with that one. Yeah. Um, and then my last Ferox thing is, and I mentioned it very briefly before, is the um, as they're the military, I'd imagine they're going to have amazing mechs, robots, that sort of thing. So when we eventually get to a Ferox wave, I can imagine that being very heavily mech orientated and that sort of thing, which is another reason why I think maybe it might be further down the line before we get a Ferox wave. Now, isn't that interesting? My visual of the Ferox immediately because they're an ancient race have them wearing much more ancient armor um which i know sounds weird if you're going to control people like the tusk who are so like who to me are the high-tech group the ones with all the money and all the tech um although then there's mentioned uh where is it um there's mention of that Theramos where there's uh, ex- expanding access to tech. So maybe there's a, a, a group in there that actually is where all the tech's coming from. I don't know. But yeah, my my thought with Ferox was that they'd actually be quite ancient in their their garb. So, Eric, if you're listening, I'm quite happy to go with Mal's version of that too. <laughs> <laughs> that, that also sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, I think... Uh... We've seen characters like that even in Star Wars, the prequels, with the kind of very ornate robes and stuff like that. Which... It does then suggest there's something else about them that would enable them to keep control of everyone that isn't necessarily Mind based power. on their tech. Maybe. <laughs> I, I've just the problem is now when we talk about this, I've just got visions of Jeremy screaming at the radio. He should be. This is why we're doing it. <laughs> just to trigger you, Jeremy. We'll turn, off, we'll turn our phones on in a bit, and then we just get these abusive messages from him going, seriously, stop giving people false hope. No, I have to publish the episode first. Turn it on on yeah, Friday. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, Rich, continue with, uh, with the circles. Or, or your coffin fit that you've quite nicely gone on mute for, which I appreciate. Very Sorry, much. Yeah, I took a glass of water and that went the wrong way. My apologies. Um, so, Circle 3. Um, I would like this to be the big wave for this year. Is something set in Circle 3. Um, I think, we, obviously, so far, we've had Waves 1 and 2 have been in the fifth ring. Um, wave 3, I can't remember if it said where it was or not. It just called it an outpost, didn't it? Outpost um, axis. But that could be yeah. closer to this type of a scenario than... Could be. But I, I think pulling us... So we've, we've had the sort of... The out... I've got all handsy now. So John and Mal can see my hands waving all over the place because I'm getting excited. As long as it doesn't hit your mic, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, they've, they've done two waves in Ring 5. I wouldn't want them to stay in Ring 5 for the next big wave. I think that would be a mistake. And sure. I think even moving to wave, to Ring 4 wouldn't necessarily work. I think Ring 3 would be more of a, a, a system, universe, building sort of platform. 
you can go right. So this is this is what the the main part of Cosmerium, as it were, looks like. Um, and then we can take you off to four, five, two, whatever afterwards again, sort of thing. But I'd be worried that if they if they kept sticking in five, they I don't think they would. They, they don't. No, they they wouldn't be they wouldn't do, wouldn't be the world building, and they might lose people a little bit because of that. But um, are we going to get the the cosmic butcher baker candlestick maker then in this ring? <laughs> <laughs> villager or whatever. Uh, villager the funny thing is, I'd argue cosmic villagers are genuinely more interesting because sure. in this universe they're going to be situated in well. Outpost Axis and uh, okay, I suppose the chefs and the, nobody cares about. Although, although is it all machines making the food these days? True, true. You know, true. anyone that's a human is going to be interesting for some reason or another, or not human, but yeah. like a non no. non robot, organic, yes. shall we say? Yes, yeah. But I think I think basing it in wave three, in wave three, in system three, yeah, would be um, it would be a way to snag people in with like a major storyline. Just keep keep it going strong. It'll give the casual collector something else to hold on to as well, rather than going, well, this this line looks great, but it's just about a prison and something happening in the, the outer reaches of this place, rather than like, and here's here's something meaty from the middle to, to anchor you, and then it can go different places. That was one thing as I was reading through stuff that I thought, actually, you know what, this is a fantastic way of doing things, is there's so much opportunity for side stories, you know, uh, unrelated to the main story, or maybe they're characters that are start off in a side story and join the main story. Um, but yeah, uh, which lends it to what you've just said there. You could have a whole, doesn't have to be related to the main story. You could have a whole little bit of a story that's gone on in whichever ring it happens to be. Um, it doesn't have to all be focused on the main story at all. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I definitely. Yeah. I think it would just do them good. <laughs> Again, it's not like, oh, man, Kyle, I'm telling them what to do for business, but just to, just to give it... This is our, this is our bit, podcast. We can tell them yeah. on our podcast. <laughs> it's not like we're ringing up their their offices and saying, you must do this. This is true. Um, I'll just make sure I don't get carried away in terms of a day and just grab Eric and go, right then, Eric, here's my ideas. That's a different problem now. And we will not be responsible for Rich at the intern for a day. We <laughs> can't control him. Not rich there. as Rich, not Rich as a host of the Eurolegions podcast. We'll make that clear <laughs> to Jeremy right now. Um, and then that takes us to the fourth ring. Um, and reading the story, this is the powder keg. Perimios. Therimios, which, yeah, I'm trying to pronounce which uh, Slog relies on Terixium, because I know from our episode where we talked about the Cosmic Wave 1 and the figures, uh, and Terixium oh, yeah. was quite a, a big part of his story. And this is Therimios, which, again, is, is I would say, the same type of word. And yeah. this is where all the tech is created, so... I think there might be some connection there somehow. Maybe not. That's a good shot. I know they yes. manufactured the Terixium out in Havalkatar, but you know, Gotta maybe the, the yeah. guy invented it in yeah. Terimios. Anyway. Guy or girl, sorry. Well well no, it was Ziri, Ziri who created it, but that's maybe, right, Ziri, uh, yeah, it was Ziri, wasn't it? Maybe it's there's some link to, yeah, as you say, Therumios. Therumos. Okay, Rich. So, what's your? So yeah, so I I think it's, I said a powder keg. I think people people are getting a taste for independence. 
So you've, you've got people in the third system, the third ring, I can't there's too many different names here, who are just the settled, they're just getting on with their lives. You know, this is this is the way it's always been done. The fair rocks are relatively close to them. So if, if anything does happen, they're there straight away. Whereas this is the, you know, people are getting more access to more stuff by the storyline. Um, they're going to start wanting independence. This is where it might kick off a little bit. Um, and I could, my suggestion, again, would be next year do a, a, a Ring 4 wave and have it some sort of independence movement against some Ferox military people coming in to try and put that down. Sounds good. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. And then you could have the, you know, the Ferox would probably win, then the independence people flee to the fifth ring, and then you can circle it back then to Valkatar and, and do all that sort of thing if you want to. Um, and then the fifth ring, I mean, this one, this is the one with the most possibilities, obviously, because it's all uncharted space, not, you know, not necessarily that populous and that sort of thing. Um, but as I said, my worry is the line will get sucked into staying in the fifth ring too long. It's, you know, it's it's not it's not a Mandalorian um, setup. It's that you know, it's not just about the outer rim and all that sort of stuff. It's you want to pull it back to you know, excuse all the Star Wars references, but pull it back to Coruscant and, and have all that sort of thing going on. So, um, but yeah, you, you know, you can do. Yeah, you let's, can do, let's not focus on the negative here. Like, let's let's trust them that they're going to do the right yeah. thing. Oh, absolutely. I need, and I hundred percent do, hundred percent do. They've they've not you know done us wrong so far. But it gives you this this ring, I think in particular, gives you scope for lots of smaller factions and smaller waves. So you could have like a criminal gang with, you know, four or five figures if you wanted to fit a smaller wave in somewhere. You could have a few bounty hunters, you could have pirates, which Mal would pass out with excitement over. Uh, <laughs> <very> cool. <laughs> bounty hunters as well. Anyone who's a little yeah. bit rogue, you know, is, is very yeah. cool in my book. Norvian Lean. He's our brother. Yeah. Fight. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. No. My my cosmic customs already got a lot of bounty hunters in. Uh. I still I still smile with such happiness at your was the what was the name of your crew the the I've listened to this three or four times editing it something of doom oh it was the Templars of Doom's one but there's a scumbags of the galaxy yeah, scumbags one. of the galaxy that was it yeah yeah that this made me smile every time I heard it brilliant. <laughs> Yeah, so that was that was my take on the rings, really. Just what I think of them. No, I, I think, think that's good. I think that's them. good. Uh, I think that that really r- fleshes them out more in terms of uh, of a kind of a, an overview, and also in terms of uh, maybe potential that they could have, and why they're actually structured the way they are. So, uh, yeah, I love that, Rich. Excellent. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. Okay, so let's move on to talking a little bit about the waves in terms yeah. of Mal, just the kind of lore that comes with the waves. So obviously yeah, we have wave they, one that we talked about already, so we're not going to specifically talk about the figures well, more than uh, the the wave and what lore it brought. Yeah, for the first that's part. it, yeah. Because there, there is actually a bit, it does expand that universe lore a little bit if you read the story behind the wave. Um, sure, so give it just for book one then. Right, so Avalkatar book one. The first instalment of the Cosmic Legion saga and the first wave of cosmic figures. 
Amidst the fifth circle of Cosmerium, there lies the dreaded complex known as Havalkatar. Officially a prison and manufacturing complex, Havalkatar is run by the Traded Union, Traders Union of the Five Circles of Cosmerium, or Tusk. What truly transpires at this complex, which is run by the tyrannical High Warden Slog, goes beyond the official reports. From the manufacturing of the miraculous regenerative formula known as Thrixium, to reports of gladiatorial-style battles taking place in the lowest levels of the prison, Havalkatar is much more than it seems. It is here that a young Abelex named Oleg Thygar finds himself, captured and dragged to this prison. He is eventually locked in the deepest parts of Havalkatar, cell block 5, known as the Grave Ring. It is here that Thygar is forced to fight to survive, but he is not alone. Forming a bond with other inmates, they vow to protect each other and fight not for the amusement of the High Warden and his guards, but to one day break free from Havalkatar. Wow. So, also, you, you, need to, you need to do the, the audio book for Cosmic Legions. <laughs> I'm, I'm already putting you forward for it. I want to get a bit Listen of to that all easy. To it, yeah, yeah there was just a perfect amount of... Uh, I love this way, I love this line in that. Yeah, so... That gives us a lot of story. Uh, the yeah. thing I'm fascinated about here is the Grave Ring. So this is, uh, and this is why we get the two versions of Tiger. So we get the one where he's, I guess that's Tiger and his normal get out, which is the deluxe Tiger. And then the bare chested Tiger is the one where he's fighting in the Grave Ring. And obviously the prisoners seem to be fighting for uh, the amusement of the guards and the High Warden Slog. Uh, and it obviously is the thing that brings them close together uh, as a crew. And probably when they're going to break out of a Valkatar eventually, I, I guess, or somehow make an escape, it'll be because of this bond that they've formed. Well, for me, the interesting bit of this is it, it hints that what's going on in a Valkatar isn't actually necessarily known by chunks of, if not all, of Cosmerium. Um, you know, it's again, it gives this traders union this suggestion of being more sinister than they let on, yeah, to the rest of the galaxy. Definitely, I like. yeah, I think they're they definitely market themselves well. Uh, but when you read between the lines or when you kind of hear what goes on, and, and, and obviously, this is far out, so like the fifth ring furthest out, you know least chatter maybe they don't have twitter so they don't know exactly what's going on every five <laughs> seconds um uh so they can kind of get away with a bit more bs than uh they might do closer to mimos which is uh, where rich is uh hoping the story revolves around in the next wave so uh yeah but what do you think of this uh rich this uh yeah I, I really like the, the sort of shady big Corporate. I mean, it's a, it's a sci-fi staple, isn't it? The giant mega conglomerates that rule everything and are, you know, seem nice as pie, but are actually unscrupulous and evil as you could possibly want to meet. Um, a bit like mega corporations on Earth today, really. Generally, um, exactly. Wasn't going to say, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, I really like the idea. I'm, I'm I'm intrigued as well because it talks about the fourth ring and people knowing more and and you know that sort of thing, and it's whether that will then lead to things like Valkatar and that being discovered and and people, you know, having more of a 
a, a genuine take on Tusk and other similar organizations rather than thinking, yeah, they supply me with medicine. Or, totally, yeah. You know, whatever sort of thing. So, yeah. Cool. So, um, that was wave one. Uh, Which has been released. It and has we now been released. Have and we now have the figures. A lot of us and now have the figures in hand. Yeah. Street date of the 27th. Thoroughly enjoying them, I would say. So, they should have gone up. They should be officially available to everyone who didn't pre-order the day before this goes live. And then, then we got book two announced. Yeah. Not that long after book one no. uh which comes described as sorry van yeah um no, yeah so on. it was yeah book two grave night um and that is also set in Valkatar, which uh is is now when i'm getting rich's point maybe more yeah uh, i think i think though it was to sort of pad out that bit of story and sure. um, they did say it was a 1.5 wave um yeah, I believe that yeah. they they obviously just had a lot more of these cool uh, characters yeah. designed from the start. They obviously just didn't design Wave One, yeah. And they were like, "Okay, how do we do this?" Uh, they can't release twenty figures in Wave One, yeah, uh, in the pre-order. So how do they split it? And they obviously did it like this. So bring us through Grave Night, then, Matt. Right. Ravalkatar Book 2 Grave Knight, the second instalment of the Cosmic Legion saga, brings us to Cell Block 5 and the dreaded fighting ring known as The Grave. Officially labelled as Cell Block 5 on the complex schematics, the lowest level of Ravalkatar prison is known by more a more dubious name, The Grave Ring. Named after the fighting arena located in the middle of this level, it is here that the most dangerous inmates are housed and where they are forced to fight for the amusement of the brutal High Warden Slog and his honoured guests. Horrible circumstance often foster strange alliances, and some of the prisoners of the Grave Ring find themselves bonding together to survive the brutal fights. Taking their name from the cell block itself, the group known as Grave Ring has a plan to turn the tables on the Tusk Gravekeepers who guard the exits from this cell block. If they... If they can get past them, they can get into the rest of the complex and find a way to escape with their lives and with some of the secrets that are going on at the dreaded Havalktar. Wow. So it's just, fle- yeah, as you say, it's fleshing out um, the Grave Ring, the whole concept. That's it. And yeah. further suggestions of what's going on in Havalktar is not entirely known out in the yeah. world. Um, the interesting is the... Uh, the honoured guests of Slog, some really underhanded people and, uh, you know, real horrible sorts. Uh, must like watching people fight to the death, mustn't they? So, so who are those in the wave then? Uh, they're they're the, not in the wave. The they're one. not well, in the wave? Okay. No, well, I don't think so. I think the suggestion is that Canuck's Fall is one of the Grave Ring fighters, maybe one of the bad guys in the Grave Ring. Uh, I'm trying to remember who we've got in this wave. Um, yeah, you know, I think I think I was thinking that the, the the characters from this wave were being brought into Valkatar just to fight the Grave Ring. Yeah, that was kind of my thinking as well. They, they yeah. were more of the the bad guys to our good guys of the Grave That's Ring. Yeah. yeah, they were almost like warriors for hire sort of thing. So it's like, 
we'll give you a load of cash, come in and smash these annoying prisoners up a little bit, and then you can go. Yeah. But the honoured guest thing, Mal, yeah, I'd not picked up on that. That that could be really interesting. Some underhanded sorts. Maybe they'll turn out to be some of the people pulling the strings with the fair ox. (laughs) Yeah. Gotcha. Or it'll be the Orion authors. It'll turn out to be the ultimate bad guys. And they're actually there cheering on um, gladiatorial uh, games in System 5. So is it not uh, Novian Lean and the alien dude and... The turkey lady. The bird. Uh, the, the alien bird. dude is is in the grave ring, isn't he? He's the one training um, Oleg Thygar, the grey. Ah, okay. Um, so, I mean, you might be right about Maburma Judmerga. Yeah. Um, Easy for you to say, Mal. <laughs> I'm not even sure that's right. <laughs> it's all about confidence. It's all about yeah. saying it with confidence. And uh, Novi and Lean, you might be right, they are more visitors and perhaps working with Slog, perhaps, because uh, yeah. they're bounty hunters, aren't they? So, Yeah, exactly. So you might be right on that one, but uh, I'm sure Canucksville is meant to be one of the... He's meant to be one the of the fighters, yeah. yeah. Yeah, not the Grave Ring part of the fighters, though, more the, yeah. the enemy of the Grave Ring. And then obviously... The of course, they might. The, I go the leader, he's the Grave Keeper, so he's... Uh, yeah. They're looking after the grave ring, as such. I, do, I mean, what do you think? To me, I the suggestion to me is is gladiatorial combat to the death. So you know, these it's not that they're coming out of these fights after being battered and bruised. The grave, yeah, ring but then it, there must be a lot of cannon fodder because I mean, I guess uh, Thiger is still going strong. Well, I mean, are we gonna are we gonna get a guy that Tiger has killed? That's him done. Possible. I mean, uh, lying flat on the shelf. Well, if there's in one of the stories, which we'll get to at some point when we talk about the law, one of the stories Jeremy wrote for um, Outpost Axius for I forget the character's name, but the other grey that's been revealed. Yeah. Um he gets captured by Novian Lean and Maburma Jagrama. Uh, I love it, I love it, I love it. <laughs> Whether it's that so, or not, it now is that. Yeah, <laughs> so is he be, is is he getting dragged to uh, Havalkta? Ooh, maybe um, to fight. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows? We'll we'll probably find out at some point. Yeah, yeah. There's so much potential here, though. Yeah. Yes, yes. And then, do you have anything more to say on that, Rich? Sorry. No, I think Miles covered everything I okay. I wanted to say there. Cool, and then we and then the the wave three was outpost Saxius. So um, yes, bring us through. Like obviously that we got the difference in this one was we got a lot of uh, short stories for each character, which is this very is cool. And we won't cover them now tonight. But um, uh, but what was the lore that we got? The kind of overall lore with this one, Mal? Well, just uh, just uh, the outposts were suggested as being a um potentially an alternative to all-star waves which i thought was a really cool idea um definitely yeah i love that uh that uh, concept and that kind of uh 
how would you say, way of tying it into a kind of a sales technique or I don't know what. what yeah, yeah. And, and, and also in the process kind of pads out the, the world, the, the world, the universe by yeah. outpost this, outpost that, outpost, you know, we get more of the outpost. But anyway, so outpost Axius. The third wave of cosmic legions moves the story away from Avalkatar and to a transportation outpost that allows us to meet some new characters making their way to various parts of Cosmerium. There are many ways to travel between the circles of Cosmerium. The routes that are officially sanctioned by the Ferox authorities paths through bursting outposts found in key locations across the universe. These outposts house countless travellers each ring cycle, representing the incredible diversity of races and affiliations found throughout Cosmerium. To keep the peace and ensure that travel is not impeded by long-standing feuds or new grievances, these hubs, including Outpost Axis, are considered neutral zones. Travellers from very different corners of the known universe, some of whom would normally be across a battlefield from each other, can often be found sitting side by side on their way from one place to another. As these disparate travellers cross paths, they also share stories of the places they have been and the things which they have seen. The official reports coming out of Zratos, the second ring of Cosmerium, do not always tell the whole story, and contradictory information is often carried from one traveller to another of these at these outposts. Some of this information would be considered heresy by the Ferox, and as such it is whispered quietly and cautiously by those who relate these tales. So that kind of confirms to us that the Ferox are trying to <clears throat> control the news. So they're the they're the big state. They are literally uh, uh, China or Russia, depending on your perspective. Um, but yeah, okay, that makes yeah, those, uh, makes sense. Then yeah, sorry, Matt, uh, Rich, sorry. Those last couple of sentences are what gets me really excited about this. It's just the potential there. It's like you know. People are bringing stories about what's happening in the Ferox uh, ring and, and that sort of thing. And it's like, you know, what does that mean? That sets up just loads of future stories. Sure yeah. does, yeah. Yeah, um, so, well. I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, I like, as I said before, I love the uh, idea of these outposts. Um, again, it's a way of opening up opportunities to have a lot of side stories, different characters. Uh, I mean, they kind of acknowledge that within this bit of um, story, don't they? Um, yeah, I, I love the whole thing of, you know, it's like the two uh, sports players who have, uh, you know, spent the whole uh, game battling against each other. And now they're having a beer afterwards in the bar. All buzzy mates, you know, it's kind of this is yeah. the kind of thing is like, yeah. oh, yeah, we're, we're in this outpost. And uh, so now we we don't have to um you know we're not enemies as such here we're just you know two people and we can kind of sit side by side and just talk and then it's like okay <laughs> i'm off to my destination you're off to yours see you back on the battlefield yeah. it, it's interesting i don't i don't know if it's the same for you guys but it's interesting how watching you know uh, media you watch or read can then influence the way you view, because obviously we don't have a description of what the outposts are actually like. I doubt we'll ever get like a solid description. This is what the horsemen are very good at, is giving quite an open yeah, um, world for you to fill in, whilst also having story. 
um, but I've been watching um, The Expanse, uh, and okay. they have like, yeah, they have a, a space station on there. So my initial, I should say, my initial idea of Outpost Axis, it was quite small, very much a docking area for ships, and you know, and all very much like that, maybe a bar and that. But then they have this uh, this uh, settlement. I forget what they call it exactly, called Eros. Uh, in in the expanse in series one or series two as well yeah and it's a huge space a huge space station with live you know places yeah. where people live everything oh, cool. uh, and and it was like i bet yeah that i could see zaxius and these outposts being more like that so people could live there for a, you know long periods of time as well as be moving on and around and that sort of thing so, yeah, yeah so like the workers and their families and that can sort of live there as well potentially then yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, I've been trying to wrap up Succession. I have a few episodes left to watch, so I'm just thinking that everything is fake news and everything is stabbing each other in the back. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think I should approach it from that perspective. I think the expanse is, is a more relevant uh, thing to be thinking about when you're uh, talking about Cosmic. Uh, cosmic has left me jonesing for anything sci-fi. I love it, I love it, I love it. Yeah. Big world, you know, not well, big universe uh, spanning stories, preferably. But uh, yeah, yeah, and I should be, I should be watching more sci-fi while I'm, I'm still away. Obviously, I'm going back home in a couple of days, and uh, yeah, my wife's not a huge sci-fi fan, and we'd obviously watch a bit of TV together in the evening. So uh, um, I should be trying to catch up on sci-fi while I'm away. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, well, as yeah. I mentioned. I mentioned in the last episodes, that's what made me watch Starship Troopers, and I, I yeah. recommend that one. It holds up. It does, time. yeah. It's cool. I love that movie. Yeah. yeah. It's a good film. So yeah. I've almost found myself going the other way. The, the figures are all over co- cosmic stuff. But then in terms of what I'm watching on TV, all of a sudden I find myself watching more sword and sorcery stuff. So, like, I mean, yeah, Witches come out recently, coincidentally, but um, also I watched a film yesterday called 13 Assassins, which is a, a samurai film. Uh, from a few years ago and you know amazing if anyone hasn't seen it watch it it's it's like magnificent seven with uber violence really dark themes um but it's just yeah great film but I, i'm finding myself watching more of that sort of stuff now it's almost like my mind's getting dragged in two different directions space toys but i saw one like the fantasy and the the medieval stuff and that and i'm getting pulled but that way with tv so. isn't it brilliant then you, you get to explore both sides of the kind of yes craziness yeah, absolutely and and the, the the more you do of that the less you have to deal with the day-to-day bs that oh, is yeah. just putting one foot in front of each other going yeah. to work dealing with crap it's like no let's have all this other cool stuff instead yeah or at least yeah. occupying the the free space in your brain after dealing with the day-to-day crap or you combine sci-fi and fantasy, or, I mean, which is, let's face which it, it's all on the same level. But yeah, that's what I was going to say. And then you get Master of the Universe and He-Man. And <laughs> Stargate. <laughs> yeah, Stargate, yeah, there, there's another one. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Very cool, very cool. Um, okay, so Shall we talk about affiliations. Yeah, I think I think we should talk about affiliations to wrap us up on the first bit of Cosmic Lore. Uh, and then we will do a future episode, which goes further into the cosmic lore, and uh, and maybe into the stories from Outpost Axius, especially and the bios, of course. So, yeah. right, yeah, Mouse. The first one is Tusk. 
Right. Well, I was just, I was going to start off saying so. Well, so far, we've had seven affiliations revealed, eight if you include the Mortal Thorn. And they're on the okay. side, there are five, five more teased. So, so the Mortal Thorn, is that an affiliation? The Mortal Thorn? It's not. It, it, it is in, in Ziri's bio. It yeah. is it is one of her affiliations, but doesn't appear on the website as an affiliation. So it might be one of the five then? That it might be one okay. of the five, and they're keeping it a bit quiet because of something about the story behind that. Cool. Which so that, already, that already gives us 12 affiliations and some more affiliations than there are factions in Mythics. Yeah, and I think there could even be more. Uh, there, yeah. well, there could be some new factions it. coming in Mythics, Rich. This is true. This is true. Fingers crossed. They've heard you say. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully at the expense of Noble Bear, but that's wishful thinking. (laughs) Boo. (laughs) Richard Jones has left the call. (laughs) And is no longer a member of the podcast. (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. We're going to need you again. (laughs) You're a good ideas man, Rich. We can't lose you. Oh, he's right, got, he's so, got the best radio voice among us, and yeah, no yes, offense, yes. man. Big time. No, no, I'm, I'm not. You know, nah, he's all off right. like, No, uh, no, no. Uh, radio voice. <laughs> uh, Continue. So, um, Tusk. Anyway, Tusk. Right, Tusk or Tu5CC, Traders Union of the Five Circles of Cosmerium is an alliance of private firms seeking to expand and promote trade amongst the Five Rings. Seemingly united under a larger clandestine leadership umbrella, the individual operations' incomes are t- tithered, yeah, tithed so that, to the union. Tithed, yeah. So that, that I think yeah. that means that uh, basically they have to pay a tax to the union. Right. Okay. It's like a. It's like this thing where, in the ancient past, the church you used to have to pay a certain amount of your income to the church. I get you. Which they still have in Germany, would you believe? Although it's voluntary, but yeah, ten percent wow. opt in or out. Anyway, wow. continuing. Yeah, uh, companies trading goods ranging from mundane everyday staples like food and agricultural products to the unusual, such as the sale of exotic wildlife. I'd like to One see of some the of those, rims- please, in a figure form. Big time. Maybe yeah, think like of Blade, Blade Runner and like the. Uh, uh, fake snakes and things so. yeah i got so excited when i read through that again earlier it was just like oh my god exotic wildlife yes 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 <laughs> <laughs> i need this and that and i need the other <laughs> we need a trader a cosmic trader Baluli, that would be style. awesome yeah. i would be, i'd be well behind that with a new body type a big fat yeah. guy with, you know. <laughs> with a jacket a soft goods a cgsm jacket <laughs> with loads of exotic yes. wildlife in the pockets on the inside ah uh-huh. Yes, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. Going back to one um, of our previous episodes, we could have them pulling along a instead of a wooden cart, a metal cart with railings <laughs> with birds inside it. Yeah, <laughs> cosmic cosmic bird species in in there. Yeah, that would be quite cool to get some cosmic bird creature characters. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, right. One of the more infamous institutions operating under the Tusk banner is the maximum prison, maximum security prison called Havalktar. In addition to its primary function of housing and rehabilitating criminals, Avalkatar also facilitates facilitates <laughs> the manufacture and sale of industrial products such as starship components, pharmaceuticals, and weapons. 
Although all of these appear to be legitimate, there are persistent rumours that there are more dubious activities lurking beneath the surface. And I think so again, we can we can kind of maybe confirm. Yeah, the Tusker bad peeps. They are not on the good guy's side. No, that's for sure. So, yeah, the Tusk is a is a kind of a catch-all faction, but also a bit focused. But uh, so we got the you know, we've got the sentry and the science officer and the engineer. They're all tusks because um, they're working. So I think it's anyone that works for a company almost, you know, so you can throw a lot yeah. of people in there, you know. They yeah, all seem got, to have. Sorry, Rich. You've got Scourge, aren't you, from the Outpost Axis. He's a tusk yeah. member as well, sort of thing. And he's the, like, the hired thug, so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, he's on the payroll. He's working. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the 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 sort of those people employed on not you know not under the table, so to speak, by Tusk seem to be the ones wearing that specific armor. So our pilots, our sentries, uh, our engineers, yeah. our great. Yeah, I think there keepers. is a there is a look. Maybe yeah, maybe they. I mean, Scourge obviously is a, is a bit bit of an outlier, yeah. but being a tribute, he's maybe not a main part of the story anyway. But a lot of these yeah. tusks seem to be yeah, kind of corporate types, whether it be robots, sentries, kind of, you know. And if you, if you read the story of the Svexians, they're not necessarily aligned with the Tusk. With Tusk, they're just working for them. They've just their their race go out and get have been sent out to get jobs and bring in resource to the Svexian uh, homeworld. So for a future rebellion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I guess right. Well, you never do know, do you? Um, no. Nope. Something going on. So, do I go into the grave ring? Yep. Can so, I just can I just say one nope. thing? Actually, sorry, I let you start, yep. Mal, and I'll just stop you straight away. Um, <laughs> it talks about weapons manufacturing too, so I think I'd love to see some sort of like character that's like a weapon tester. So you can imagine them. Um, I think I'd be partly inspired by Brian Almeida's like weapon storage box thing last week, but. Oh, them with a little yeah. traveling thing of all these different weapons that they're testing out and that sort of thing, uh, prototype cool. weapons. That that would be awesome. That'd be cool. Yeah, I remember you like just to divert <laughs> very briefly. Years ago, when I in a previous life, when I worked in IT, I worked in Guinness in Dublin for half a year. Uh, they were upgrading their computer network, and I was part of the project team. And I was going around. You know, we did a different department every couple of days or whatever but uh there was the guinness testing department <laughs> and i'd say it's changed now but back then so this was 2004 uh it was basically a mad scientist guy uh in a kind of a porta cabin kind of close to where they did all the barreling and he had like 20 guinness taps and he had all the different varieties of guinness plus the bottled Guinness, and he was just constantly pouring and tasting. And uh, he would just take a sip and then, you know, pour the rest away. But uh, at lunchtime then, uh, back then, there would have been a lot of Polish people coming to Ireland, and they, it was kind of when they joined the EU, and a lot of them worked as kind of forklift drivers and stuff like that at Guinness. And they'd be in the cold, uh, the cold room in the testing, <laughs> having their sandwiches, drinking pints of the... <laughs> Of the tester's Guinness that he hadn't finished. <laughs> That'd and be I, quite good, I got kind of friendly with the, you know, the guy because I had to visit him a good few times to kind of, you know, check stuff and whatever. 
and uh, so he kind of trusted me. And then one, I was there one lunchtime. He opened the door. He goes, "Look at all these guys!" And there's like twenty guys in there with their sandbags. <laughs> <laughs> and and of course, get Guinness or weaponize your inside. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And uh, I I I had like a figure of him. <laughs> yeah. My wife um, used to be a house. One of her housemates used to be a, um, a cake and pudding tester for Marks and Spencers. Oh my goodness! I I cannot think of a better job on this no. earth. No. <laughs> but there's good. nothing of her. I don't I don't know how much she she ate to test them or whatever sort of thing. But yeah, maybe she didn't eat oh anything else. Then you know, maybe yeah. But what a job! <laughs> and because I mean, they're really good as how would you say production but like she's tasting the prototypes so they're like you know the kind of one of a kind yeah. it's a bit like if you talk about it in action figures you know you're you're literally looking at the painted prototype from from cameron or sherry in four oarsman which is obviously going to be painted better than the factory uh, and she's tasting the cake and the desserts that are made by these kind of patisserie patissiers from marks and spencers that you know wow so if you like the little, if you like the kind of treacle pudding from Marks and Spencer, then she's got the taste, the kind of original. Oof. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I was dropping hints for samples, but it never went anywhere. Oh, Alas. Rich, you're making me hungry now. <laughs> <laughs> so the grave ring, Mal, sorry. The grave ring, right. Those are right. Those unfortunate enough to be locked up in the prison of Alcatar not only find themselves relegated to a life of punishing labour and ag- agonising isolation, but even worse, they could be forced to spar for the entertainment of the staff and other prisoners. The brutal fighting arena that is unlucky that these unlucky few face off in is known as the grave, and the lowermost ring of the prison cells which surround that arena have been dubbed the grave ring. With the entire cell block boiling over with an impending sense of doom, the prisoners that call the grave ring home tend to form an unbreakable camaraderie. Oftentimes, the arena prematurely cuts those bonds short, but in the case of those sworn to like Thygar, those bonds have transformed from a loose kinship to an organised and focused team that takes its name from their own humble beginnings. Bravering. Wow. So, I guess just for context, the the, the characters that are in this faction are um, Kragnar, uh, Oleg Thygar Gravering, so the the, but also Havalkatar, Oleg Tigering. So both of them Oleg Tigers, uh, Vorga, and Zeri, plus, um, Ayas Sipaton, which is the first uh, Gray that we get. So the one that we get in Wave Two. Yeah. Um. So that's uh, interesting. They're the ones fighting now. I suppose the ones that that they fight. Mm, you know, they can be anybody. They mightn't necessarily be in this faction. Yeah, yeah, well, that's it. I mean, it's it sort of, it sort of hints that, well, there could be, it sounds like there could be other people in the grave rings. Oh, no. So, yeah, yeah. The grave ring is specifically these this group that yeah. work with Oleg, then, aren't they, as yeah. an affiliation? So they're, yeah. they're the one side of the fighting i would say yeah in the yes yeah. yeah yeah that's how it feels isn't it so. yeah and they're a great group but we're done with them now I'm looking forward <laughs> to the, the next the next lot of stuff in the in the new big wave i think we could see one or two more as time goes by but i don't yeah i think they'll 
fill out some of the other affiliations a bit more first. I think Tusk's going to be one we're going to get a few more for. Yeah, maybe um, just to recap on Tusk. So in Tusk, we have Slog, uh, we have Slygor, the Gravekeeper. We have the two Svexians from Wave 1, the Black Commander and the Prison Guard. We have Scourge, as you mentioned. We have the Tusk Engineer, the Science Officer and the Sentry. Plus from Wave 3, we got the Pilot. So yeah, mostly these kind of uh, suited kind of uh, figures. But and the intro, outlier a bit. Yeah, I was going to say one of the interesting things about the uh, like the suited figures, like the Sentry and all those, is that if you look there, there is no specific race. They are they could be anyone and anything. So, you know, those heads we got are just three examples of aliens under those helmets, potentially yeah. under those helmets. So yeah, cool. Um, this Bring next on one, I think, the, 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 I think my favorite one. Yeah, so far. I think this is going to be yeah, this is going to be a good one, and my favorite as going forward. Already got our favorite character in, so <laughs> um, the Bleeders Guild, quietly one of the most terrifying affiliations of all Cosmerium. The Bleeders Guild is a skilled and dangerous group of agents trained to extract and trade information from those with valuable knowledge. Generally tasked with jobs requiring a discreet touch, Bleeders and are renowned for their ability to keep their work in the shadows as they, as they are for their effectiveness. While their rates are often exorbitant, often exorbitant, their results are undeniably worth the price. Yeah, this is the bounty hunters, isn't it? <laughs> this is the, the not-so-good bounty hunter. Although, yeah. yeah. Um, so we, we got Mabira Jambira, Novian Lean, and... Not many faces. Operative 83. Operative 83 didn't feel like such a bad guy, did he? Whereas uh, the other two are definitely... They're on the sinister not... side. I mean, Operative 83, I guess he, he, he'll work for maybe more for the good guys, maybe. It feels a bit like that, doesn't it? Or he, he he's maybe, to uh, maybe he's more of a Judge Dredd type guy. I don't know. Possibly, possibly. I think yeah. these guys are basically the sons of the Red Star in yeah. Cosmerium, aren't they? Yeah. You know, yeah. They're, they're assassins, oh. they're spies, they're bounty yeah. hunters. It's that sort of evil it's side It's that kind of cool hunter. faction, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking a Judge Dread repaint for uh, Operative 83. That would work. That could be pretty that cool. Would. That could be very cool. And as I showed you guys the other day, I've got a Judge Death head anyway. Yeah. So you could do one of those as well with some skeleton bones. Or you use yeah. the you use the head, the, the mythic head that comes with them. That would work. Yeah. Oh, the possibilities are endless. <laughs> very cool. Yeah, so this um, is uh, this is a faction I'd be very happy to see uh uh how would you say filled out or padded out as we go yes. along. Yes. If we got definitely. one or two in each wave. That would be great. Yeah, or you could even see them. I think in my eyes, you could even see them going up against something like the one we're going to come to in a minute is X or three or whatever. Yeah, you could yeah. see you could see a wave with you know the handful of bleeders guild people being sent in to take care of X or three, so it's not a threat to Tusk or whatever sort of yeah. thing. So yeah, yeah, but loads of endless possibilities with this. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, just a great concept for a faction. You know, okay, maybe it's been done before, but still. This is their unique take on it, and 
uh, very much necessary in the story. I think it's great. And a very cool uh, symbol representing them. I, I like that. It's like, yeah, yeah I loved it as well. Yeah, yeah. I just have a T-shirt with that on the front of it. I'd be very happy with it. Oh, yes. That'd yeah. be awesome. Yeah. yeah. Very Mo, cool. Mo to Joe. Cool, but... Mo to Joe, get your, get your faction, uh, cosmic faction T-shirts out for our Legion's Con. I'll agree with you guys and disagree. I think it is a cool symbol, but in my head, all I can see is that dancing candlestick from Beauty and the Beast. Oh, don't say yeah, that. No, no, <laughs> really. Is it Luminaire or whatever? That's all I can see now, is that? Oh, you bugger. That's all I can see now. <sighs> and he's ruined it. No, yeah, ruined yeah, the red thanks. spiral for us, Rich. <laughs> Give me a minute to think of something. <laughs> i got to say, Looks another like awesome star. sounding. yeah. <laughs> That's still cool, though. <laughs> um, another awesome faction, and one where we could get some fun characters, uh, the Red Spiral. Tucked away in one of the deepest pockets of the system, there lurks a colony of scavengers and outliers known as the Red Spiral, taking its name from the clustered mass of scavenger space refuse it calls home. The Spiral is a civilization constantly struggling, struggling to survive. In the early days of the Spiral, Many of the battered residents were enhanced cybernetically. Initially out of necessity due to injuries sustained whilst working and then later for the purposes of upgrading to better fulfill daily tasks. These enhancements have grown to signify cultural status and symbolise brotherhood with their cobbled together appearance reflecting and paying tribute to their thrown together makeshift structures they call home. The Spiralites' purpose and loyalties could not be more unified. Spiralites, good. Yeah, and we get these are the guys who are all going to be uh, robotic arms, robotic limbs. Hints: oh. we will get more robotic parts for sure. This, the surprise, the the unsurprising thing is that Canucks Vul is the character from this uh, faction yes. or affiliation. Sorry, sorry, I'm very much still on mythics in my head. Um. So he's the only one so far. So, and he seems to be the only one that uh, is taking on the other Grave Knight characters in the arena. He does, doesn't he? Yeah, unfortunate. But he's cool, and yes, uh, he's an ogre. No, is he ogre? Uh, brute. No, brute, brute scale. Sorry, brute scale. Yes, and uh, he's he could. He was the one we were talking about that we could make maybe a, an orc boy out of as a custom. Yeah. With turn yeah, yeah. parts we, and uh, a different head, an orky head. Yeah. 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 So, uh, what would you say? Uh, brute scale, orky head, please. 3D parts makers. I think it's always guaranteed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is a great affiliation, though, for the 3D parts makers. As well, because yeah. you can just do like a, you know, cyborg hand or a, you know, a face with partly metal and that sort of stuff, and you, you know, you'll be able to, people can just get that and add it to, a, you know, another four horseman figure, swap, yeah. you know, swap a limb out or swap something out, and then all of a sudden you've got a, a, you know, a red spiral character. So they they should do well out of this one. Yeah, for sure. Brilliant. Okay, um, the maze. The maze. The mech assemblage of zonal enlightenment widely known as the maze is an, inter- <laughs> is an love, interconnected 
Yeah. <laughs> It'd be quite a mouthful to have to say every time, wouldn't you? Uh, wouldn't it? It is an interconnected network built around the gathering and sharing of information with the citizens of Kazmirium. With its foundation built upon the telepathic connectivity of greyborn operatives, the maze is responsible for reporting and broadcasting intelligence across the five rings. Providing the people of Cosmerium with access to its wealth of knowledge has earned the maze unparalleled power and status within the system. But many argue that their control of knowledge allows them too much influence. So the, the so, telltales of Cosmerium or <laughs> the maze is basically Twitter, Elon Musk. <laughs> I well, think I think they're less uh, yeah, no, they're I more, think it's more of a, they're more MI five, are they? Yeah, I think Elon Musk fits more in the Tusk. Yeah, yeah. Or or yeah. Twat, maybe. If there's a <laughs> twat. <laughs> yeah, um, I feel like the maze are, possi- are possibly the very good guys that are trying to bring everyone up. And that's you think so? Create yeah, yeah. Creating uh I reckon these are probably the guys that the the Ferox, is that what they're called? I've already forgotten what they were called. Yeah. 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 Ferox are possibly nervous of or and whoever the Ferox work for, I reckon. I yeah, I made it I made a note on that as well, Mal. I was like, you know, why haven't the Ferox or the Tusk crack try to crack down on these guys? Because mm. if they're helping in the flow of information, that's probably not something either the Ferox or the Tusk want. No. No. Well, and that that sort of power building up within these guys, so yeah. Yeah. So the the two characters in this one are the two gray, the two gray born. So Ayasipaton and then the Union Jack one, Altar Salovius. So very cool. Very cool. Brits figure. in space. Brits in space. <laughs> <laughs> He's just missing the bulldog tattoo on his arm. <laughs> so sure a painful Those tattoos are normally a, a, a low standard hand. that even I, I think even I could do. Yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Then we got XOR. Can I just? Sorry, Matt. Our yeah. Rich, 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 rich. I was just going to say, my desperate hope for the maze is that we get some sort of weird character that's just got a massive brain. And I do mean massive. Oh, like Mars like Attacks. Three, t- yeah, like three times the size it should be because he's using all his psychic power and yeah, moving this. So I, cool. I want a character with an enormous brain. That would be very cool. No That'd head is fun. too big for this group. <laughs> He'd be the one who needed to stand and help him. Even yours after you saw the re- Sir Richard <laughs> <laughs> head sculpt. Yes, it's it's it. They, I, yeah, it has grown a lot since then. <laughs> Although there is a running joke in my family that I have um, a large uh, head. Uh, we we were bald. in San Francisco in San Francisco a few years ago, and they couldn't get a. We want, went to cycle the uh, Golden Gate Bridge, and they couldn't get a hat that fitted me, a safety hat. I have that problem as well. I can't yeah. get a hat. And there was a guy. There was a guy there with um, very nice guy, but not very subtle because he had learning difficulties and he was like, look at the size of the melon on this guy. And he just shouted <laughs> everywhere. And like, Kerry, uh, my wife, I just like honestly. fell about laughing and, and she she tells this story all the time. And then for my stag do, um, went paintballing and you have to get the, you know, the full helmet and the visors and all that sort of stuff. And again, sure. they couldn't get a helmet that fitted on my head. So my <laughs> brother-in-law who was there with me just fell about laughing. 
And then it was even, and then he thought it was even funnier because all he gave him was a pair of goggles. So it was like breaking all sorts of health and safety rules. There was no face plate. There was, you know, just goggles. And I got a shot in the forehead. So I had a, a golf ball sized lump on my forehead for the rest of that weekend. So yeah. So the giant head thing is renowned. Okay. Maybe it's a little bit bigger than mine then because I haven't had those problems. So we're going to get a, a cosmic Sir Richard in the Maze Alliance, is what we. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then, all I can say is that prop masters—they uh, didn't scale your head properly because it's not. That big. <laughs> yeah, it, it should have had that uh, the dragon crown just sat on the top of uh, like, like a tiny little thing. Come on, Edwin Zemo, you know, double it up, make it ogre scale, and that'll be just normal scale. For the <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's stop picking on Rich now. <laughs> he brought it on himself. <laughs> right, on to so so Excel. last Excel. no last thing oh. on maze. Oh yeah, to say meshed assemblage of zonal enlightenment. That should be it, like a test at Legion's Con. If you're not able to say that at the bar, you need to go to bed. So that'd be Travis not having anything to drink then. <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe he can get an exception. But, you know, that's that's the walk and the, 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 the line for the policeman uh, to show that you're not over yeah. the influence. The sobri- yeah. The, the sobriety, sobriety test. test. Yeah. 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 <laughs> this is the Legion's Con sobriety test. Say this. And maybe the next one as well, the XR3. Uh, uh, yeah. XR3. Tell us, tell us what that stands for, Mal. The Alliance for Exospheric Reconnaissance, Recovery and Reclamation. Easy for me to say. (laughs) (laughs) Pour us another one there, please. (laughs) More commonly known as XO3. Although I actually think that's every bit as hard to to say as the... uh, He's a salvage and exploration organisation conducting business across the third, fourth, and occasionally fifth rings of Cosmerium. XOR3 is one of a handful of successful companies who have thus far rebuked membership in the powerful and influential Traders' Union. Very good. Interesting group, That considering they're the ones with Callie and Shun in, yeah. and she seems to be some kind of spy. So... Maybe it's a cover. Maybe, but she's also yeah. the one that that invented the third. No, sorry, that was Ziri. That was Ziri. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, Ziri's Gravering and Mortal Thorn, who we don't have any blurb on. Yeah. yeah. My immediate thought with this lot is, um, why are they resisting membership of the Traders Union? Uh, have they found something that they don't want to share, and that maybe ties in with the other character and trying to, you know get that guy to safety on that post Axius or are they protecting someone or something so maybe like the wild beast tradey thing that um that tusks do maybe this group are trying to keep some of those animals safe perhaps is one of the things that they do maybe certainly lots of uh so maybe succession is the right thing to be watching uh john yeah <laughs> i feel like there's an awful lot of subterfuge this is, uh, and, this uh, is something that's uh it, I I feel like this needs to be expanded upon a bit more, but mm. uh, but they're another good one to have in the pocket for the story. Yes, uh, they're going to create a lot of uh, storyline intrigue. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I like it. And yeah, Callie, the whole exploration, Callie's a cool character. So 
Yes, she looks great. And she's got that armor, of course, which is ancient armor. So Yeah, maybe it's that. Maybe they don't yes. want to pay the, the tax on that. Maybe it's just a tax evasion scheme. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that wouldn't be quite as exciting, wouldn't it, really? No, no. They're avoiding the... Uh, yeah. <laughs> They're avoiding the Cosmerium tax people. <laughs> they, uh, They're being chased by guys with briefcases. The tax man, there's, there's a figure. <laughs> it's like that scene of The Matrix, you know, with all the guys in suits, you know, chasing. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Smith, Agent Smith. Yeah. Okay, man, get us, out, get us out of here on the unaffiliated right. citizens of Cosmerium, well, which seems like a catch-all, no? Yeah, last but not least, the unaffiliated citizens of Cosmerium. The universe of Cosmerium is home to many organisations and entities, yet for all the dramas and intrigues playing out across the five rings, there are countless individuals who eschew these affiliations. They are the backbone of the universe's population, beings who simply wish to live their lives away from the complicated dealings of those in power and those who would seek to challenge that power. That's where you find Cosmic Mal Kennedy. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And John Coffey yeah. as well. <laughs> and the this, sexy this is minor. The, this, yeah. This is the Cosmic Town Folk branch, isn't it? It's yeah, their, yeah, pretty much. It's their affiliation. But if they're Town Folk or sexy and minors and the like, I mean, I'm taking figures of them all day, every day of the Hell week. Hell yeah. And twice <laughs> on yeah. Sunday. There you go again. It's as an example of uh, a mythic, a mythic minor, <laughs> cosmic minor. Hey, <laughs> no, it's true though. But I mean, sci-fi is always more exciting. I mean, okay, so is uh, fantasy, but fantasy can sometimes be a little bit closer to reality when it comes to bakers yes. and butchers and uh, and townspeople. You know, yeah, candlestick makers, etc. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, so I think this is a catch-all. It's a good one to have to throw. That means that they can throw in any sort of a character, which is fun. Yes, yeah. Um, but I think uh, I am very... Now, just going through that little bit of the lore, uh, I think it's a great start for Cosmic for us. Uh, we've got character bios and the Outpost Axia stories to go through in a future episode. But I think yeah. that sets the scene wonderfully for cosmic and it also yeah it, it makes me very excited my wallet is trembling in the hall to say <laughs> yeah. famous rich saying for future cosmic waves and i haven't seen my wallet for a couple of days i think it's made an escape bit it's, it's <laughs> dug us escape tunnel it's cowering under a sofa somewhere yeah. <laughs> excellent uh i'd say kerry's got a hold of it basically is what i can read yeah. between the line there um so yeah uh, what i what, made, what what this episode has made me most excited about is when the next cosmic wave gets announced hopefully in september maybe it's the gcon wave we have no clue we have no clue about when they're going to announce another cosmic wave but we're we're speculating before the end of this year i'm going to be now looking as well as at whoa cool figures man i'm going to also be going oh what affiliation is that a new affiliation oh my god Oh, where does yeah, this yeah, fit yeah. in? Or oh, does yeah. that flesh that out? And that's that's what I wanted from this. And this has been the the catalyst to make that for me. I love it. Yeah, I love yeah, it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. 
So, so and our regular our regular listener Ben will be overjoyed too because Mal did most of the talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mal is Mr. Cosmic and uh, he is going to continue to be Mr. Cosmic and he can read me cosmic lore all night. I I can't wait till you I might just get offline one day with Mal and get him to read the whole Outpost Zaxius to me <laughs> and just release that as a side episode. Side project. But I think on the main episode, we're, we're just going to have to summarize the outpost uh, Zaxia yeah. stories. I think that's that's the main bit. I had one more shout out this week for the horsemen because we love the horsemen oh. and because this is, a, of course, a, a podcast about uh, their toy lines for the most part. Uh, they're going to be at ChrisCon this weekend. And yeah. do you know where ChrisCon is? Is it Massachusetts? Did I read? Yeah, it's in Milford, Massachusetts. Do you know what street it is? It's 11 Beaver Street. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was, a, I thought that just rang a bell for this podcast somehow. Hell yeah. So I have just thought, John, we missed one thing out here. We is? missed the, uh, we missed out the uh, Walter. Uh, tribute figure, didn't we? Which sits in its own little uh, affiliation of the Cabal. That uh, of course, may or may the not Cabal be is <laughs> the Cabal is omnipresent, and yes. the Cabal is probably going to be at Eleven Beaver Street next week, thirtieth <laughs> of July, with the Horsemen. <laughs> Go and see them. Thanks for listening this week. It's been awesome, Mal. Thanks for the cosmic. No problem. It's been very fun. Rich, I'm glad you got through the episode. <laughs> Me too. Thank you. <laughs> Cheers. Good luck. And stay safe out in the universe, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>